Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited to introduce you to my guest, Kelly, today, who I actually met in Six Figures School before this idea even became a business. So Kelly Kusman is the owner, designer, and vision behind Kayla Gray. She started her career in fragrance buying for a major department store where she engaged with both established and niche brands and fell in love with distinctive nature of scents and their ability to make memories tangible. And after more than a decade in traditional retail, Kelly ultimately found that the the Sunrest Road to success would involve following her own unique path, and she eventually relocated to Phoenix, Arizona, and began the journey to start a new business venture and grow her family. In 2017, she faced the tragic loss of her first baby, who she planned to call Kayla Gray. And after struggling with another eptopic pregnancy, Kelly wanted to create a legacy that not only honored the beauty and heartbreak of this bittersweet experience, but also fueled her personal fashion for fragrance. And from this desire, the Kayla Gray collection was born. Kelly, I am so excited to have you on the show and so sorry for your loss, but love what you have created out of that heartbreak. I am so excited to be here and just chat all things product-based biz with you, Sarah. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love it. And as I mentioned, uh, Kelly and I met in Six Figure School before it was actually Six Figure School. And this was Mm -hmm. like your idea and you were creating your business And I love what it has become. So tell us a little bit about that. You were working in corporate America at the time, and this was your side hustle, right? Yeah. So I had been working in corporate America for almost, at the time, I think it was almost 17 years. Um, But I started my retail career as an assistant buyer of fragrances, and I just completely fell in love with the way that fragrances made memories tangible for me. I thought it was such an interesting connection. Um, I always, you know, I'll never forget my first day as an assistant buyer for fragrances. I mean, first off, what a dream job. Like I was beauty and fashion obsessed as a teenager. So to be able to land that job as my first, you know, major like career move as an adult was wild. But I remember standing in the fragrance closet. Um, It was literally a closet full of fragrances, like hundreds and hundreds of perfume bottles. And I remember smelling this one scent. It was called um, Demeter Tomato. I don't know if you remember the the Demeter line, the old, Mm -hmm. it's like old school. Um, but it, I remember smelling the tomato scent and it smelled like a tomato leaf. Like if you rub a tomato leaf between your fingers and wow. that scent literally transported me back to my mom's garden when we were growing up. Um, and it was just such a really beautiful way that I just never really thought of fragrance and scent connecting to memory so strongly. But as I moved throughout my life, like it was, I always kind of was reminded of things as I would smell things. And so it was just such a special connection that. I always wanted to do something with, but never quite knew what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, you know, it was like you work your way up the corporate ladder. Uh, it gets really hard to walk away from paychecks and bonuses and just the stability of a corporate company hiring you. So I just never made the leap to entrepreneurship. Um, 
but yeah, like you had mentioned in the intro after I had almost lost my life in 2017, when I suffered from a ruptured ectopic pregnancy and we lost our first baby too. It was really a moment of clarity for me that I needed to go after my big dreams and, you know, life was really short and it's not guaranteed. Um, and so, yeah, I started working on the brand in 2019. Oh, wow. And yeah. so you worked in in fragrance fragrances and then you worked in other retail and so the whole time you had this on your heart and you just weren't moving forward because what what was it what stopped you i think for me um every year i was getting promotions or increases in salary uh raises i was getting all the accolades and all the things that i've been enneagram type 3 i don't know if your audience knows much about that but for its recognition and validation means a lot to an Enneagram type three. Mm -hmm. And so that was fueling me and filling me. And at the time I thought that that's what mattered, um, you know, that I was achieving and that I was reaching goals and that I was, you know, surpassing everybody's expectations. And I was building massive, you know, billion dollar brands. And uh, that at the time was filling, was what I thought was filling me in my soul and like making me happy. Um, but it wasn't until I realized after 20, after, you know, 2017 that, that is literally not at all what matters in life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't realize until, you know, I, I was kind of shaken to my core a little bit. And so I always wanted to do it, but it just, it became um, kind of something I pushed to the side a little bit because of all the other shiny objects that were right in front of me. Yeah. And one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is that a lot of times around New Year's, people will relook at their life and it's a time of yeah. reflection and they'll set goals and they want to do it. But the things that really matter, like like this, like you wanted to create your own company with a fragrance line, those usually there's a gap and it's hard. It's not easy. And you're sitting at your corporate job and you're like figuring it out and you're getting promoted and that yeah. becomes easy. And so life gets in the way or other yeah. things get in the way mm -hmm. from those goals. And it's hard to keep those at the forefront. And And you had like a like a experience that caused you to really reflect and then move it forward. So how long were you still kind of sitting in corporate, but over here, you know, night moonlighting with this idea? So it was about, I would say 18 months. Um, so I started working on the brand in fall of 2019. I didn't, I didn't formally um, file for an LLC until I think it was February or March of 2020, right before the world shut down, right? Um, and then I didn't actually leave my full-time corporate job until May 2021. Um, so it was about 18 months from when I literally started diving in, researching, working, creating the LLC until I was able to leave my full-time job. Oh, wow. That's actually very quick. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I, I do think I spent almost you know 20 years leading corporate teams in retail and I had done literally almost everything within building a business for other people's businesses. I think mm -hmm. I always say the only thing I didn't have a ton of experience in was the marketing side of things. But when it comes to sourcing, financials, operations, project management, you know, production, all of it, like I had, I had done all of that already for the last 17 years. So I think me being able to stand up a business in 18 months was because yeah. I had 17 years of experience. That's not normal. Yeah. Um, but I really do believe that universe, God, source, whatever you believe in literally led me to the place of me being able to launch that company 
by giving me the 17 years of experience that I had. I truly believe it was all, it was all divine. It, it, it didn't just happen that way, yeah. um, you know, by chance. Yeah. Now, obviously you started right before COVID and we hear about all the supply chain issue things. <laughs> like what obstacles did you have when you first got going? There was, there wasn't a day without an obstacle. <laughs> um, I do. So, I mean, glad there was glass shortage, right? So I couldn't find vessels for my candles or my perfumes. Um, there was, I remember when we were going to, we were trying to launch in October, November timeframe of 2020 and the glass balls in my roller balls, all of a sudden, like were on a cargo ship that like sank or fire mm -hmm. happened or whatever. So literally was not even able to get lift just the one component of my rollerball. So we launched without the rollerball. It's hard to have a rollerball without the roller. Without the roller, right? Yeah. Um, so there, I mean, there was the raw material shortages, right? There was a whack shortage. There were a ton of different uh, raw material price increases. Like I thought, you know, my cost and gross margin were going to be X. And then all of a sudden, like there's like a 30, 40% increase because nobody could find any of that commodity. And so... It was a wild time, but my the job that I had right before I started Kayla Gray or while I was in Kayla Gray, I was the senior director of sourcing and production. And so everything that I was experiencing by starting the small business was the exact same issues that I was experiencing on a massive corporate level. Um, and so in a way, like I understood how to navigate the issues and figure out different sources in order to make sure that my product would be able to get to shelves at the customer's hands. So again, you know, my experience just helped me get through COVID to be able to even launch a business in the middle of COVID, which was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I love your packaging. If y'all don't know her background behind her is on the packaging of all the yeah. candles. So you had to create some partnerships too. Did you, who did you reach out to, to bring your brand to, to market? And how did you develop those partnerships outside of your corporate role? Yeah. So there was, uh, I knew my weaknesses um, which was marketing and like design work, right? So I spent a lot of time going to networking events and just having conversations with different people that were in the entrepreneur space um, because being an entrepreneur in Arizona was something that I didn't know much about. So I had no idea who these different resources were. Um, so for me, I would spend time like going to different markets and figuring out like what different types of local products I found interesting in terms of like branding, packaging, things like that. And then I would reach out to those owners of those businesses and ask them like, who did your packaging? This is absolutely stunning. Um, and that's how I found um, the guy, the, the artist that created all of the designs of my packaging. His name is Corey Miller. He's fantastic. Um, he literally hand created all of the different scent notes um, and like the scent experiences with all of my uh, fragrances. And he also created the beautiful design that you see in all my packaging. He watercolored all of it by hand. Um, and then I also hired um, Aisha Marshall, who was part of Creative, Creative Label to help me bring the brand vision to life through, you know, the logo and the, the look and feel of everything. And so, and I found Aisha through just networking with different people. Um, you know, someone had mentioned her that, uh, she was kind of new and upcoming in the marketing space. And I was like, okay. So I had a phone call with her and we just instantly connected. Um, and yeah, I mean, we still work on stuff together to this day. So, uh, and same with Corey, like I still yeah. work with him to this day. So it's important to me to create relationships with people that are going to last a long time. And so for me, it was just networking and like asking other brands what they did 
if there was something that I thought was really incredible or stunning about their branding. I love it. And you've had tremendous growth since you launched. So tell us about how, like how you started. It was probably a one woman show. And then now where you're at, how'd you get there? Yeah, I think um, for me, just being very strategic about all of the dollars coming in and out of my company was important to me. And it was also important for me to do every single piece of the business um, to really understand what I'm asking once I decided to start to hire other contractors. And so things like me picking, packing all of my orders, me um, doing social media, me doing customer service, me doing accounting and bookkeeping. Like I wanted to learn and understand all of the different pieces of the business so that when I did start to hire employees, I knew exactly what I was asking of them. Um, because in my corporate career, if, if you're not very clear and you don't set clear expectations, um, you know, it, it's hard to hire somebody that is able to support you and take stuff off of your plate. And as a founder, it's easy to just feel the need to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like give up that control when you're building a business, but in order to scale, you do need to give up control at some point in time because you just can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And so once I knew that my business was in a place where I could afford to start to hire out, um, I started hiring out little bits and pieces here and there. You know, I, I would hire out one thing that was super draining for me was social media. It's so much work. It was exhausting to me. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't my sweet spot. Um, cause it's a lot of marketing. And so that was one of my first hires, um, to help free up space for me to go out and get the, get the word out about Kayla Gray and my brand. Yeah. And your social media is amazing. So everybody check that out. I'll drop the link in the show notes, but I think it's so important when you are setting out on a goal and you touched on a couple of things that you, you can't really accomplish big things by yourself. And it's important yeah. to really take a look at your strengths and the, what you bring to the table, but also who do you need on your team that your brand needs to bring to the table? Because, you know, I mean, it's part of the experience, the packaging, the social media, that's how they hear about you. And when you try and, yeah, you need to have understanding of what you're asking your employees to do. But, you know, I think it's Steve Jobs who said it. We don't hire people to tell them what to do. We hire people so they tell us what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's some some ver- version of that quote, but I think it's so, so true when you're starting something big, especially a business or something like that, to really think about who do you need on your team so that the business can be successful. Yeah, that's such a great point. It's almost like giving your employees guardrails that they need to follow or like timelines, but really yeah. allowing them the creative space and freedom to take your brand to a level that you never really even realized was possible. Um, yeah. I'm working with a, cre- a creative company right now that does my social media and the reels and the types of things that she's creating. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't yeah. even know that was like possible. You know, it just blows my mind every single time. So I love that you mentioned that. It, it really is about allowing people that have a skill set that is very different from yours, the, the freedom to go and create and build beautiful things. Otherwise, they're not going to want to stick around either, right? If you're like micromanaging everything that they're doing. So that's such a good yeah. point. And, and I think it creates that ownership culture. We used to talk about that in my corporate job when people yeah. would be like creating all this stuff. And we're like, wait, where did you come up with that? And yeah. I always had to remember like that's ownership culture. They're like taking yeah. ownership of the company or the brand and really moving it forward. And that's a great thing. But sometimes yeah. as a founder, that's hard because yeah. you're like, whoa, I, I didn't see us going in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for someone else to like believe in your vision is pretty special. And I think that's something that definitely needs to be honored um, when you bring employees on for sure. Yeah. 
Exciting news, bold goal crushers. We have launched a book club. It started as an idea to read some books and talk about them on the podcast. And now we have a full-blown book club. Please sign up to join the book club at sarahmayer.com slash join book club, where you can see all the upcoming reads, purchase the book, and jump into the discussion regarding the books. I'm super excited to have you in the book club. Let's dive in because we know that education is the key to achieving and crushing your goals. Again, visit sarahmayer.com slash book club. Well, I love all your products and your candles, but I do know that I've, I've been around your personal social media. I do know that you have like a formula for when somebody is trying to start their side hustle and they want to quit their job of where they should be before they do that. Would you share a little insight on that? Yeah, I think for me, and this is, you know, my type of personality, I'm type A, I'm a, I'm a little bit controlling. Well, not a little, I'm, I'm a lot controlling. <laughs> so yeah. like there's things that I needed to set up in, and have in place for me to feel comfortable leaving my full-time job and going all in on my business. Um, and because I really truly believe that you operate from two different mindsets, right? You have like an abundance mindset and then you have a scarcity mindset. And I feel like if I were to start my business from a scarcity mindset, um, not knowing where money is coming from, I feel like I would have made very different decisions than when I did start my business. I had a little bit of cushion uh, in order to make smarter, more strategic decisions. So my formula is really when I decided, when I started having the inkling that I wanted to go full-time into my business, um, I started saving money and almost pretending that the salary that I was bringing in wasn't really what it was. And so what mm. I always try to say to the people that I coach or have conversations with, and it's not always possible. Sometimes you're the only person bringing money in to your, mm. you know, to support your family or even to support yourself. But if you're able to try to save up at least six months of salary or of living expenses so that when you do leave your full-time job, you have mm -hmm. a cushion there and that you, you're not, you don't feel like you need to take every opportunity that comes to you. You're actually mm. able to sit down and think through, is this strategically the right opportunity for me and my business? Because you have a little bit of cushion there to help comfort you that you're going to have your bills covered for six months, at, le I, at least six months. I mean, yep. I, you know, I wanted to have more, um, but six months is where I felt comfortable that, you know, I could make strategic decisions in my business that weren't just grabbing money here or there so that I was able to cover my bills. So that's what I recommend to people. Um, what we did because I had, my husband was able to, you know, he has a full-time job. And so what we did is literally we took my salary and just put it into savings for six months. So we, we operated as though I wasn't getting paid. And um, it was almost like a trial period yeah. of six months where he was the only one covering all of our bills so that we could see, is this even possible for yeah. me to leave my job and not because for a small business, like it could take years for you mm -hmm. to start even paying yourself. Like it, it just depends on the business. And so we wanted to give ourselves like a trial period to see how we felt sitting in that space and in that moment before we decided to go all in on it. 
basically acting as if your company was not making any money right yeah. from the get-go so that you yeah. have the opportunity to really build it. You know, I work with so many clients who have left their nine to five and they've created a business where they left their nine to five because they wanted freedom. They wanted to pick their kids up at carpool. They wanted to, you know, carve pumpkins and go to the Halloween parade at preschool. And then they build a business where they have absolutely no freedom. They're going yeah. to bed with a laptop on their, on their yeah. lap. And so how do you really protect that? You left your corporate job, obviously you're building a business, but how do you structure your day so that it's not your 24 hours? Day? I think for me, it, it was, it came down to goals and goal setting. Um, mm -hmm. And so I knew that when I was kind of shaken up after I almost lost my life, like what was super important to me was freedom and being present in the moments. And so I wanted to create a, a, a company that would allow me to spend Tuesdays hanging out with my dad, walking around the house, fixing, you know, fixing random things around the house and just hanging out with him or, you know, a moment where I'm, you know, hanging out with my family and my nephews are giggling so hard that I'm, I'm not so focused and stressed out about work that I can like recognize that moment and just feel it so deeply um, and beautifully. And so how that helped, what helped me in that way was setting goals that were a little, you know, that were achievable, but, you know, a little bit stretched me. Right. Mm -hmm. So if that means that my company is going to grow slower than if I was all in, if I was hustling 24 hours a day, seven days a week, then that was okay for me. It was okay for me to have a slower growth model. Yeah. Um, but if I'm incrementally growing my sales month over month, year over year, I mean, that to me is success because that yeah. is allowing me the freedom to spend time with my family, the freedom to take a Tuesday off and do whatever the heck I want to. Yeah. Um, and for me, like the second part of that is really having structure in place. Um, mm -hmm. And not everybody is mentally wired in this way. You know, I think some people can have a really solid structure and other people need it, depending on the job role or the way that your brain works, need more creative freedom to be able to, you know, invent or create, you know, whatever that they need to do. But for me, it is structured. Like yeah. Mondays are completely blocked out. I call it my CEO Mondays. It's the day that I dive in. I literally work 10 hours a day and I just get stuff done. Tuesdays, I spend the day with my dad. Yeah. Wednesdays, Thursdays are like full on meetings all day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, it's kind of like my flex day. And then weekends, a lot of times on weekends, I'll, I'll do a pop-up market. I'll travel for a trade show. But for me, it was it, that was the most important thing is building my business around the lifestyle that I wanted um, and being okay if I wasn't, you know, 200, 300, 400 X year over year. Um, because my intention obviously is to make money and help pay our bills. But really the intention for me was also the freedom. And so yeah. that was kind of how I structured it. And I love the alignment with your brand too. Your brand is all about creating those moments and those memories through fra that fragrance brings. But if you're out there not enjoying all those moments, yeah. it's not really aligned with what you're, yeah. you're trying to do. So I love that you're really aligned not only with what your brand is trying to do, but you're living that as well. Yeah, I think integrity in any brand is something that's super important. And so if I'm out there talking about, you know, being present in moments and I'm out there like, you know, so consumed and overwhelmed yeah. with the things that are going on in my business that I'm not paying attention to friends or family, then, you know, it's, that's a problem. It's misaligned. And I, you know, I think people notice that and feel that when, uh, yeah. when you're presenting yourself or you're out there in the world. 
Yeah, I love it. So if you were to talk to somebody who's sitting in maybe their cubicle right now listening to this, like, oh, I wish I could start my dream. What advice would you give them? I would say do some a little something every single week, right? So just take one step forward every single week until you're at a place where you feel like you have structure or strategy, and then you can start to dive in a little bit more. So for me, for instance, I decided I wanted to start a fragrance brand. Like, holy cow, how the heck do you do that? So I'm on Google. How do you start a perfume brand? Right. It's literally, I spent weeks studying, learning. I took classes on perfumery to learn how to become a perfumer. I took courses on accounting, on bookkeeping, on how do you start a business like LLC versus S Corp. For me, it was just like every single week, I would spend an hour just learning and researching something so that I was well-educated enough to actually create a business plan and a strategy that I was so excited to just then dive into and start working on a little bit more. And so for me, those first six months, literally from fall of 19 to I think it was February of 2020, I just, every single week, I researched something new and exciting until February 2020. I'm like, all right, I'm filing for my LLC. And then after that point in time, I was spending 10, 20, 30 hours a week diving into create the actual company. Um, so my advice is just start, just start researching and brainstorming and, and move in the directions that, you know, feel that just fire you up. Yeah. And I, and I love that you mentioned learning because so often when we have these big dreams, there's a gap and that gap for you was, you know, the things that you needed to learn. But then there's a time to stop learning and just get started. And I think yes, that's exactly. where it's like, okay, I've learned enough. I need to jump in. Yeah. I uh, actually have to bring up something very important here because there was a call out on your social media. And I want you to talk a little bit about this. So you have uh, the biggest fan of Kayla Gray creates uh, some memes and that is Kelly's husband. And he is trying to renegotiate his contract with <laughs> Kayla Gray um, because he does not feel as appreciated apparently for his humor or he's not getting paid him up. So tell us how this started because there is a whole separate little thing going on. First off, that man is crazy. <laughs> so yes. So my husband obviously is my biggest supporter and I love, I love him dearly. We were just hanging out one day and all of a sudden he sends me a text message that has like this copy pasted meme of like Kayla Gray candle and some, some random person doing something goofy with it. And I was like, what? <laughs> him telling me, that he wants to apply for my social media manager position yeah. and he thinks he is the best fit because he's an amazing graphic designer, which he's not. <laughs> um, and I just cracked up laughing and I'm like, this is your best foot forward. Like, this is what you really think my company needs completely off brand. Like yeah. it was just completely ridiculous, but I was dying laughing. And so I decided to share it on social media and the amount of people <laughs> that commented and Wanted to see more from Gabe, literally started this movement where he thinks he is my social media manager um, <laughs> and is consistently sending me ideas and thoughts and videos. And we try to share them as much as we possibly can. It is totally off brand. It is hilarious. And I hysterical. love it. It is. He's hilarious. And so he's kind of like my, you know, my social media sidekick. Um, but no, he we will not be renegotiating his contract. <laughs> <laughs> He posted, 
he posted something like in a football uniform, like it's time to renegotiate my contract. <laughs> Kayla Gray. But the funniest part I do have to tell is that we were at an I was at an event and Kelly was there and there was this guy who happens to look like her husband standing in front of her booth. And I've never met him in person, I don't think. <laughs> And I walk up to this guy. I was like, hey, buddy, we're going to get that contract for you for Kayla Gray and you are going to kill it on social media. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I at that moment, I was like, how could you be po posting all this stuff and you don't even know what I'm talking about? And then I realized that was not Kelly's husband. No, but he looks just like my <laughs> husband. Yes, yeah. You're like the third person that day that was like, oh, yeah, I think I just saw Gabe out by the bathroom. And I'm like, no. He's at home, like he's at work or whatever he was doing. It's so funny. You're, yeah, there were several people that thought that was Gabe. It was so funny. So but in funny. my defense, he was standing by your booth. So he was. was that. Yes. And then one of our mutual <laughs> friends was like, hey, you do kind of look like him. <laughs> oh, anyway, Gabe. Yes. He's the it's, best. It's great to have raving fans. And I am one of your raving fans. I always have Kayla Gray candles burning, except for this time. I usually have it over there. Somebody came in my house and said that it smelled so good. Where did I get that? And I gave her it because I just started burning it. So <laughs> I, I gave that. away my Kayla Gray candle. So um, it's been great talking with you. And I love hearing about how you brought your dream uh, to life after, you know, a tragic event. So tell everyone how they can get their hands on some of your candles, your perfumes, and all the stuff you have going on, especially because this is the season of giving. It is. That's so true. Um, so we, you can find us on kaylagray.com. It's C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com. Um, we're also on social media at Kayla Gray Co. And yeah, we do seasonal scent releases every 90 days. So every quarter we have a new seasonal scent that comes out. And then we also have four core scents um that are around all the time and we're a clean fragrance company so everything is non-toxic hypoallergenic we're one of the very few fragrance companies that discloses all of the ingredients in the word fragrance on our website uh, so people can really understand and know what they're putting on their bodies um so yeah we're, we're super proud and you can't hear we can't wait to hear what you guys think of, of all of our new sets yeah i want to dive into that a little more so you actually disclose it and many do not most do not. Um, it's not wow. required by law for anybody that has the word fragrance in their product to disclose what the ingredients are, which blows my mind. Um, huh. And, you know, it. it's because creating a scent is very, it's, it used to be and still is known mm -hmm. as like proprietary information, right? Because creating a, a fragrance yeah. is, it's extremely expensive. It takes a lot of work. And I think the industry doesn't want all of those fragrances essentially to be knocked off and wants to keep that proprietary information safe and, you know, yeah. and close to the best. Um, I just, when I started my company, I wanted to make sure that if you have an allergy to some super random ingredient and I'm telling you my fragrances are cleanly formulated, like I want to back that up by actually showing you what my ingredients are. Mm. Again, it goes back to integrity for me and my products. Um, there's a lot of greenwashing out there for people saying things are safe, they're natural, they're organic, they're clean, but there's nobody regulating what that actually means in the space. And so mm -hmm. instead of me saying we're a clean formula company, which we are, but clean doesn't necessarily have standards around it. Yeah. So for me to feel comfortable saying that we're a clean company and for you to interpret whatever clean means for you was important for me to disclose what those ingredients were uh, because nobody is regulating me or any beauty or fragrance company in that space. 
Wow, that's really interesting. I just want to share this right before the end. When you said that, I it reminded me, I'm allergic to cherries. Mm-hmm. And it's a random allergy, I know. But when I was a kid, I used to get all these bumps on my forehead and everybody yeah. just thought it was breaking out. Well, when I found out much later in life I was allergic to cherries, I went back and looked at the conditioner I was using in one of the shampoos and it had cherry extract or some type of cherry thing for the scent. And that's what was causing me to break out and itch and like all this stuff. And so I love that you put that out there because so many people have random, you know, Mm -hmm. allergy, you know, the big ones, nuts and stuff like that. Yeah. So many people have these random allergies and if they're rollerballing it right on their arm, no wonder why they're having problems. So I love the brand integrity in that. And fun fact, who knew that they didn't have to share that? So I love that, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I always love hearing how businesses came about and you just have a great story and we love your brand. So bold goal crushers, don't continue to sit in your cubicle. Take a little step every day towards your goal. Learn what you need to learn and then just get started. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.